Well, hello and welcome to another Core of the Bible podcast. My name is Steve and I'll be your host as we explore the message of the Bible reduced to its simplest form. As you may know, it's my belief the core of the Bible consists of seven main principles of conduct surrounding the topics of kingdom, integrity, vigilance, holiness, trust, forgiveness, and compassion. Well, in this episode, we're going to be exploring the topic of trust. According to Yeshua, an intentional trust that is placed in God is a remedy to reducing our anxiety and our emotional responses to stress. So looking at the topic of stress, I did a little research at the National Institute of Mental Health, and what I found is that anxiety disorders are the most common thing in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States age 18 or older. That's 18% of the population. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet only 37% of those suffering receive treatment. So interestingly, there's a distinction between stress and anxiety. I never knew this. And uh, looking at some of these definitions, I found it really interesting that the definition for stress and anxiety is slightly different, and it has an important distinction. So let's look at this. Stress is generally a response to an external cause, such as taking a big test or arguing with a friend. And it goes away once the situation is resolved. It can be positive or negative. For example, it may inspire you to meet a deadline, or it may cause you to lose sleep. However, anxiety is generally internal, meaning it's your reaction to stress. It usually involves a persistent feeling of apprehension or dread that doesn't go away and that interferes with how you live your life. And it's constant, even if there's no immediate threat. Well, in contrast to this, Yeshua teaches us in Matthew 6, 34, which is our passage that we're looking at today. He says, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, as we're reviewing this core of the Bible, the Sermon on the Mount, when people encounter this passage, it really tends to resonate. I mean, we all understand that we carry way more anxiety than we should be carrying. And to live simply trusting in the provision of God is certainly a welcome thought in our current day and age of information and emotional overload. So let's take a little closer look at this verse in chapter 6, verse 34. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So this verse has three basic sections to it, and in order to understand it better, we can kind of highlight and focus on each section. So the first section is, do not worry about tomorrow. Well, how does the Bible define worry? Well, in the original language, the Greek, the Greek word there is merimnao, to be anxious or to care for. Uh, It means to be anxious about or distracted. The HELPS word studies digs a little bit deeper into that, and it says merimnao is actually from a root word merimna, which means a part as opposed to the whole. It means drawn in opposite directions or divided into parts. That's interesting. It also means to go to pieces because you're being pulled apart in different directions. Well, certainly... That's how anxiety can make us feel. It can pull us apart because we feel like we're being pulled in many different directions and worried about many different things. So it does become apparent how anxiety causes its harm by reading these definitions. It divides our concerns and distracts us with negative potentiality. The irony is how situations and events that haven't happened or more specifically may not even happen at all can affect our present emotional state. 
We can understand this logically, that it makes no sense to worry about non-existent things, but our emotional responses to these abstract thoughts about fictitious realities can run ahead of our logic, and they typically do. In another context, Yeshua shares some instruction about this type of divided attention. This is over in Mark chapter 3, verse 23. So Jesus called them together and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, it cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. And if Satan is divided and rises against himself, he cannot stand. His end has come. Indeed, no one can enter a strong man's house to steal his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Now, while the context of this teaching has to do with a larger spiritual reality, the core logic does have a universal application. A house divided against itself cannot stand. I mean, even Abraham Lincoln applied this saying to America during the dark days of the U.S. Civil War. So viewed from this perspective, this is also true about our personal struggle with anxiety. It divides us against ourselves, with the result being that we cannot stand. In a parallel reading in Luke 11, Yeshua provides the parable of the strong man to illustrate this universal concept a little bit further. In chapter 11, verse 21 of Luke, it says, When a strong man, fully armed, guards his house, his possessions are secure. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted, and then he divides up his plunder. So if we take this parabolic truth and apply it in our context of anxiety, the strong man would represent the conscious self, our conscious self. And anxiety would be the one who ties up the strong man and then plunders the house. But when the strong man guards his house, that is, when we stave off anxiety taking no thought of fictitious realities, and we stave that off, then it means his possessions are secure. When we do not worry about tomorrow, that is, when we do not allow our cognitive abilities to become distracted with non-existent potentialities, we can remain secure in our house. So that's the first part of the verse. The second part of the verse explains why we should not worry about tomorrow. And it says, for tomorrow will care for itself. That's why we shouldn't worry about it. This can seem odd to us, saying that a day can take care of itself, but this type of personification of inanimate or non-sentient things runs all through the Bible. For example, in the Psalms, we see it in a lot of different places. Things like Psalm 98, let the floods clap their hands and let the hills sing together for joy. I mean, can floods clap and hills sing? Uh, Psalm 77, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. The very deep trembled. Can the water see things? Uh, Isaiah 24. Then the moon will be abashed and the sun ashamed. Do the moon and sun have feelings? And in Genesis 4, listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. Well, blood obviously can't cry out, but it paints a picture. It gives us an idea of, of what's going on in a passage. Um, you know, the pastor John Gill, in his commentary from the 1700s, he writes this, For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. The morrow is here introduced by a prosopopeia, a figure of speech in which an abstract thing is personified, as if it were a person sufficiently thoughtful and careful for its own necessities. So this process of personification is a classic Hebraic method of communicating an abstract concept in a more relatable and understandable way. We even sometimes do this as a, as a way of gaining perspective on the past or future. For example, we might 
process this through writing to our future self or in reliving what our past self has accomplished. And these are just ways for us to help grasp abstract concepts in practical ways. This idea that tomorrow will take care of itself is an encouragement that, as the old song says, whatever will be, will be. Because when the day is complete, whatever will happen will be done, and the day will be considered as having taken care of itself. Now, we have to exercise care here in not adopting a fatalistic attitude, that we have no control over our actions each day and that everything is just destined to be. Yeshua is simply using this method as a way of helping us understand that even though tomorrow doesn't exist yet, it will have its own complete share of challenges that will be worked through, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. of this verse captures the last thought in this philosophy of trusting God, and it says, each day has enough trouble of its own. Going back to John Gill, he has this to say. This is expressed in the Talmud near the sense of Christ's words after this manner. Do not distress thyself with tomorrow's affliction, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Perhaps tomorrow may not be, and thou wilt be found distressing thyself for the time which is nothing to thee. And should it come, it is unnecessary to be thoughtful of it in a distressing manner beforehand. And then he continues talking about sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. He says this, It is very wrong to anticipate trouble or meet it beforehand. For if it was no other reason but this, that every day's trouble is enough and should not be needlessly added to by an over-concern, which shall be done for tomorrow, or how shall the necessities of it be answered, or the trials of it be endured? Every day brings along with it fresh care and thought, being attended with fresh wants and troubles, and therefore it is very unadvisable to bring the cares and troubles of two days upon one, as he does who is anxiously concerned for today for the things of tomorrow. In fact, uh, Martin Luther observes the same principle from this passage when he writes, Why wilt thou be concerned beyond today, and take upon thyself the misfortunes of two days? Abide by that which today lays upon thee. Tomorrow, the day will bring thee something else. I think we all recognize that trouble and problems in this life are a given. We all experience varying degrees of these, and yet they're a very tangible reality. And this is acknowledged all through the Bible. I mean, consider the stories of men like Noah having to face the adversity of widespread destruction, or Joseph being ridiculed by his brothers and unjustly sent to prison in a foreign country. Consider the severe trial of Job losing his family and all the possessions he had. In some ways, the Bible is really all about the types of troubles we experience, which is why these types of stories are so enduring and relatable. It's because we all share some of these same types of struggles. Each day definitely has trouble of its own. Well, the good news is, is that the Bible also provides the insight to overcoming the troubles of each day. Noah trusted God and was safely conveyed through the flood. Joseph trusted God and rose to prominence in Egypt. Job never wavered in his trust in God, and his family and his fortunes returned, and even increased. And the Psalms are filled with encouragement of God's help in our times of trouble. Psalm 86 says, Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. 
Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble I call upon you, for you answer me. Psalm 9 says, The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 27, For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And Psalm 46, a very famous passage, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You know, believers in Messiah also wrote of the same confidence in God. I mean, for example, Paul, he says, Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's Philippians 4, 6. Peter also wrote in 1 Peter 5, Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. All of these are admonitions to not be anxious about what hasn't happened yet. Let the future carry its own anxieties. If we continue to be anxious about every aspect of our life, can we as believers truly be considered to be trusting God? And if we're trusting him, aren't we supposed to be trusting him for everything? 1 Timothy 6 says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. So if we've come with nothing and we'll be leaving with nothing, what's the value of what remains? And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Paul continues in 1 Timothy. Yet we continue to have anxiety over so much in this life that has no value and is really unnecessary in our lives. So what is truly essential for us? Well, if we read the context of the passage where we have our lesson today, we can glean a little more wisdom about things that truly qualify for worry. So this goes back to Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25. Yeshua says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? Consider how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was adorned like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, o you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles strive after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. So if the essential things like food, drink, and clothing are not worth worrying about, what are we currently so focused on that can surpass these basic necessities? Now notice, in this passage, there's no promise of shelter or fancy cars or successful businesses. Because life is more than all these things, and those things can distract us from what's really important. According to Yeshua, if we're seeking first the kingdom above the cares of the basic necessities of food, drink, and clothing, we're exhibiting trust in God that he will provide these basic things while we're focused on the more essential realities. Now, in his providence and timing, God can certainly provide those homes and cars and businesses, and, and it's not wrong to prepare those things in your life. But, but... We have to remember God is not obligated to make us successful in the world's eyes, and we need to keep our primary focus on his purpose and kingdom.
So instead, let's replace our anxieties of an unknown future with gratefulness for what we do have. God has not provided us the ability to foresee the future, but if you are listening to me right now, on whatever day you're listening to this, he has given us this day. We need to be living for him and his kingdom in the here and now and not be worrying about some fictional future that may or may not come to pass. God meets all of our needs now and we can dwell in his presence each day, resting assured that he is the great provider. This is trusting God. Well, that's our topic for today, trust. Trust in God is integral within the core of the Bible qualities of kingdom, integrity, vigilance, holiness, forgiveness, and compassion. And it's my hope you'll continue to review with me these aspects of human expression that I believe God expects of all people. So when you have an opportunity, be sure to visit corethebible.org to join the conversation through comments or access the show notes in the blog and to find free downloadable resources regarding the message of the Bible reduced to its simplest form. So thanks very much for your interest in listening today. I do truly appreciate it. And as always, I hope to be invited back into your headphones in another episode to come. Take care.